Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the season finale, the season one finale of of our baby rom crime. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been crazy fun. It has been so fun. If you know somebody who would enjoy this uh, block of work we've created, that's 50 episodes for you, please let them know. Also, um, our season two is Bruin and will premiere in October. Mm-hmm. It is a new, not totally new, but like a new take on rom crime. It's called Rom Crime Vigilante. You guys, it's, it's very exciting. We're very excited. Um, it'll still be me and Vaughn doing our ROM and our crime, but yep. um, we've worked out some pretty cool things, I think, for season yeah. two. And in the meantime, if you are just lost without us, we do have a bunch of bonus episodes available if you join our Patreon. So, Vanya, how do they do that? Go to patreon.com slash romcrime and choose a level of patronage and you got us forever. Love you guys. Love you. Hope you enjoy. Yes. We are so happy to be here, like we said just two seconds ago. we are happy to be here. I can't believe (laughs) we have actually recorded, researched, and gone through 50 rom-crimes. It's true. I'm what do, so what do proud they say? Us. Me too. What do they say? Like, how many times do you have to do something until you're an ep- expert? It's like ten thousand hours. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> nope, but we'll get there. Yeah. I have faith in us. We'll get there. That's right. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom, and I'm Avrin, and I'm the Crime. And this is Rom Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic musical numbers but we can't reveal that quite yet why but you guys will see because it is the only thing that's romantic in this story yeah and i love a good musical number i actually do too yeah i don't know if you guys follow us on instagram that's at rom crime on instagram but the other day we were kind of pulling our hair out with the whole pandemic and things Mm -hmm. so avrin and i took my children and put drag makeup on them as well as ourselves. Oh, yeah. But while doing that, we were listening to... Um, Rent. Rent. That's right. And hoping that your children were not actually listening to the words. Oh, yeah. They are too little to even... Although my oldest, um, she knows when like it's an F, the F word or something. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me. She's like, Mom, that's inappropriate. Yes. She loves the word inappropriate. She, does, she says it a lot. The other day when I was watching them and you were 
doing something in your room. Yeah. And she went in there to get something and she came out and she said, I'm not, you have to go get the markers because mom's watching something inappropriate on television. <laughs> and of course in my head, I was like, do you know what I was watching? You're watching stand up. Yeah, it was um Pat Oswald's stand up. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, he talks. It was really funny. I highly recommend. Oh, I just thought it was so funny that she was like, I'm not allowed to go in there because she's watching something inappropriate. She's so funny. Which God I guess, bless. I mean, grown up stand up comedy is not appropriate for kids. No. There's lots of bad words and like, you know, inappropriate comments. But yeah. I just thought it was hysterical. I was like half expecting to walk in and you were watching like some like cinema. Just softcore porn or something. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, sorry, you know what? I don't get any time to yeah, myself. But your alone time. Afrin said she'd watch the kids. I this is my own time. <laughs> So I love it. I love it. Listen, if you guys are parents out there or even dog parents, it is hard to be alone these days. So It is. I'm I'm, I'm sending my love to each and every one of you out there listening in yeah. the stratosphere cuz I will say the last 2 weeks have been rather intense. Trying. Cuz what are we in month 6 or 7? We're yeah, almost I don't even month know. 7. I'm like- 11,000. Yeah. 11,000. I feel like I'm such usually a positive person, but I don't know. This week got me. Got these, me. You know, these are trying times. Yeah. And I think the only thing that we can honestly come back to and take comfort in is that every single person is going through it. That's true. And that you're not alone in this experience. Even mm-hmm. if you are actually alone because you live alone or something, yeah. like it's a collective fucked up time. That's we're in. true. You know, and even if like you have a family you're with or whoever you're, it's still alone, which. This is, I think this was the epitome, no, epiphany, Epiphany. excuse me, it was my my epiphany that I had this week was that I realized I am lonely for like just the social, the normal socialness of the world and not even like my best friends. Like I miss talking to the parents when I drop my kids off at school. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I miss my best friends. That makes perfect sense to me I get everyone though. though, I know. I feel very grateful that we potted together and it's not, you know just zoom calls anymore exactly this but is yeah nice. no it's i hear you Lo- it's like lonely or yeah lonely for connections those little weird micro connections yeah. that you don't even notice most of the time and yeah. now no one has ever exactly and if you're walking outside you're like um that's my printer making noise excuse me but if you're walking outside i'm always like don't make eye contact with somebody because you can't even really smile at them I know. Actually, this is okay. And we're going to get into the crime in a second. So just give us one more minute of this. But I was listening to NPR and someone, um, I can't remember uh, where they lived. I don't think it was the US, but they're creating clear, like they're trying to patent a clear face mask. So it still is completely protective, but you, it's clear. So you can see people's faces. And they said that that's, it's good for mental health because that is such a big part of how we um, understand people's intentions and motives and whether or not they're smiling at us or yeah, scowling at us yeah. or, you know. I know all we see now is like these darty eyes above yeah, a face and so mask. I thought, what a great idea. Yeah, okay. I'm into it. Well, I'll buy it. I, I'll buy I think it that's too. Great. I support that. Me too. Well, guys, this we saved this episode for last because it's kind of special in a way. And also, I think this was like... The most rum crimey of rums. And this is the one Christ. that I feel like we talked about when we came up with the idea of rom crime. you're correct. And um, so we, we saved it for last. So we saved it for the very last um, episode of season one. And partly of why this one is some is a story that I was so familiar with is um, as I think I've mentioned before, my father in law is um, a newsman, a journalist with That's ABC, nice. and has for several several years um, done episodes of Twenty Twenty, which is a show that I love. 
along with like 48 hours and Dateline and all things on ID Discovery. Although now at least I know I need to fact check the ID Discovery. Um, But when the year I believe that James and I got married, I remember Jim, my father-in-law came to New York. We all went out to dinner or something. And he knew that I am obsessed with true crime because it's (laughs) not something I hide. And he, we were just chatting over dinner and he was like, oh my God, Avrin, you will not believe the 2020 I'm working on right now. And I was like, oh my God, tell me everything. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting a scoop. Yeah. And he was like, Do you did you hear about that um that murder out in like Orange County? Costa and Mesa. I and Costa Mesa, um, you know, involving like a soldier and a dance student and um local actors and all this stuff. He's like, right up your alley. And I was like, Tell me everything. Yeah. And then I went on to, of course, like deep dive research into mm-hmm. all of the local news stories. So we thought because in these weird pandemic times, it's hard to get together in our dream world. We were going to actually like have Jim on the show, yeah. but instead we just pulled a hundred percent of our information from his coverage. Yep. And I will be, episode. yes. And I will be peppering the episode with my favorite quotes from my father-in-law. Oh, I, I love wrote it. Down during, I'm excited. What was the episode that. called? It was called the, um, apartment 410. Oh, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So this is the story about the death of Julie Kibuishi, mm-hmm. who was a young college student and a very talented dancer, like yeah. very talented. She had been accepted into, um, I wrote it down. Let me find out where I wrote it. It's the Orange County School of the Arts, which I guess is actually very hard to get into. Yeah. And some super famous people like Matthew Morrison from Glee that's where they studied, oh, wow. or he studied, per my father-in-law's 2020 episode. It's true. And also in the episode, they interview, like, quickly interviewed the dance teacher, and actually the mom, too. But both of them said that she had this, that Julie had this natural, like, her passion came through her movement. You know, some people are, you know, more robotic, and she just had, like, her soul. You could see her soul when she was dancing. So it was something she was yeah. meant and to do. Yeah, and they showed clips, and she was yeah, very good tell. and very... um captivating to watch Mm -hmm. and then also she's described by everybody that knew her as just the kindest most like loving helpful human being like if you needed her she was there right and that's something her family taught kindness above all Mm -hmm. and i also like that you know she was goofy they showed some clips and she was just like a fun nice silly person didn't take herself too seriously nope had fun um and you know, she was, I don't know, she just seemed like a, I don't want to say she lit up a room when she walked into it, because yeah, we know how that always goes. I but know. I guess since we are telling you guys the story of her of her death. Right. Um, so on May 21st of 2010, a call comes into the Costa Mesa, like 911, and it is a man saying, oh my God, there's a dead body in my son's apartment. So we discover that this man is Steve Hare. His son, Sam Hare, was a 26-year-old um, army vet. Yep. He'd just gotten back from, Afghanistan. Served from Afghanistan, and he had recently enrolled in college where he met Julie. They mm-hmm. met in anthropology class, which just made me laugh because I was like, anthropology, it's like so college. I loved anthropology. I was like, 
there was a hot second where I was like, can I get a degree in anthropology? You can. I know, but then, you know, I was just, instead, I was like, I'm going to get a degree in theater instead. Of course. Because it's essentially anthropology, right? For sure. I mean, that's where you have to study, so. Yeah. (laughs) So they met in anthropology class, and um, Sam was struggling in the class, and Julie, being the kind, helpful, wonderful person that she is, offered to tutor him, and they quickly became very, very good friends. Um, Not romantic per anyone that knew them. They said it was more like a brother-sister relationship. But I kind of got the sense that his parents secretly like wished it was romantic when they were talking about how like thoughtful she was and how helpful. They met her. Yeah, because she would come over and tutor him. And he was very close with his family. Though he did not live with his family all the time. I think, I don't know. I think he had had an apartment, but he often like visited his family because they all lived in the Orange County area in California. And um, Sam is nowhere to be found when his dad discovers Julie's body in his apartment. And nobody can find him. Police obviously are called. And it seems pretty cut and dry what's happened Mm -hmm. here. So she is on the bed. Um, Her clothing is ripped. She has been shot twice in the head. Mm -hmm. And a message was written on the back of her sweatshirt that read, fuck you, Hold on. I mean, I was just like, I think I blocked out. Sorry, it said, fuck you, all yours. So police are clearly thinking, okay, this was a romantic relationship. And maybe she was cheating on him. And this is like a message to the other guy. So we might have like a love triangle situation. But they're going through his apartment. And it is other than Julie in his room. It's like super tidy, organized. Everything is where it's supposed to be. Like it's a bachelor pad, but like the worst thing is on the deck, there's some beers. Some beer cans. Like they notice there's like a wedding invitation for his downstairs um, neighbors and friends on the counter. And um, everything is just kind of, it looks like nothing bad went down. Um, So immediately, all points bulletin. APB. Right. And the crazy, ooh, wait, what's an APB? <laughs> All points bulletin. Oh, oh nice. Yes. I, would... I learned that from this episode. Oh, that's very good. So we're in Costa Mesa and the Costa Mesa police say that they don't, they have like one to two homicides a year. Mm-hmm. So this place is, it's actually diverse. It's, but it's pretty safe areas. Yeah. So people were a little shocked. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, as we mentioned, this is just a very bright, kind, not involved in anything bad. Yeah. You know, like, didn't run with shady people. This is a former, you know, army soldier. He was actually a war as, hero. He was a war hero. He was one of the people, um, I can't remember which camp he was at in Afghanistan or which area, but he was in a space where it was like high... Uh, constant, constant attack. And he had to like, he was one person who like would run between foxholes to give people like and like the electricity they needed and stuff like that. So he really served, you know, he served the army well. He did. And he was very handsome and charming. I mean, he was really cute. Her, my father-in-law quote I pulled was, he had Bradley Cooper looks. Oh, he did. And he did. I think, and I was even thinking, um, what's the guy from, uh, he's the voice in Smallfoot. This is bad. The one where it's like the sexy guys dancing. Uh, Taylor, Channing Tatum. Channing, yeah, I think he has a little a Channing little. Tatum. He was definitely a good-looking fella. Yeah. But was troubled Yeah, from his experience Did in have some PTSD. Had some, some, like, documented PTSD. And then, in the course of the investigation, police find text messages 
between Julie and Sam. And the first one that's like early. On Julie's phone, right? On Julie's phone. Yeah. Yeah. So on Julie's phone, there are texts from Sam from earlier on May 21st. Or sorry. uh, Yeah. May 21st was the day after. Mm -hmm. I guess that's when she was found. So it would have been maybe May 20th. Um, The first one is like early evening, like five. And it's the text reads, helping Dan, which is um, the neighbor downstairs whose wedding invitation was on his counter, um, then headed to my folks. And then around like 1030 that night, all of a sudden, very frantic texts are coming. Yeah, the tone completely changed. Yeah, like, can you come over tonight at midnight alone? I'm very upset. I need someone to talk to who I can trust. Meanwhile, Julie is out a celebration dinner with her brother and her brother's fiance, where she had been given a tiara as like a, will you be my bridesmaid? Yeah. And she was wearing that tiara when they found her. I know. That's just the saddest thing. And then the dad was like, you know, they were expecting, sorry, dad, I meaning um, Sam, Sam Hare's dad, Steve was like expecting his son to be there. And he was like, something's off. So Mm -hmm. he, he was, you know, in the beginning of the episode, we discussed that he was the one who called the cops, but like he went to his, uh, his son's apartment, apartment, yeah, and discovered her body and was like, "What did he said?" He said to himself, "What did you do, yeah. Sam?" Because there is a possibility, you know, like maybe it was like a fugue, like a PTSD, yeah. like rage moment where he didn't even know what he was doing. But it also is very much looking like maybe a sexual assault took place here. So upsetting. He thought there was no romance. Plus, there's that weird message on her back, and so immediately, cops. They feel like this is pretty slam dunk, open and closed. Right. His passport's missing. And his car is missing. That's right. And then police also discover that he had been previously arrested and charged for murder. That's right. As like a That teenager. was a surprising what, what, what? I know. They, he was charged with like luring someone to a parking lot who was then killed by gang members. Mm-hmm. However, he was acquitted because yeah. they couldn't make the case against him. But police were like, okay, this is our guy. Right. We got our guy. Yeah. But where is he? Where is he? And so everyone is looking for Sam Hare. Like, it's all over the news. He's like the most wanted person in California. And um, his parents just don't, they don't believe that if he had done this, that he would run like this. So they don't think he's guilty. And so his dad, like, logs into his computer to start monitoring his bank accounts which is smart. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say, two things I want to say about the parents of Julie first. Uh-huh. The police officer said one of his worst moments ever, it sticks with him still, is telling Julie's mom. June, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I will cry. But, you know, cause she's like, it's not my daughter. Because she didn't hang out with Beb or, you know, shady right. things. It's just not her. And the, the officer was like, we have her ID because ID, her purse was right there. So that was really sad. But then the other thing is like Steve, Sam's dad, yeah Mm -hmm. is they were like buddies oh they like were serious like best friends and you know steve uh knew that he i mean obviously you're so close with your parents that they have your bank account information you know that kind of situation and And he has money in the bank right like yeah so that's another thing that they talked about in terms of like how well he was doing in certain areas of his life like clearly struggling with ptsd but he had saved like all of his um army pay and yeah. he had like sixty two thousand dollars in the bank That's and great. was really like setting up a good life for himself and getting his college degree mm-hmm. and so his parents just don't believe for a second that like he yeah. did this one or that if he had somehow 
done this in like a weird rage that he would run. And so Steve starts monitoring the bank. And on Monday, there's activity. Like, and then he notifies the police. That's right, like out in Long Beach. Out in Long Beach, there's and been... He, but doesn't he go there and he's like staking it out? Yes, because there's a, it's like a pizza place. Yeah. And um, Chase ATMs. So the dad sees these chart, like these withdrawals or these charges at this pizza place. And he goes and he's like looking for his son's car. He doesn't see it anywhere. Meanwhile, police are also monitoring movement. Mm-hmm. But they have a little bit more access. So they immediately start pulling camera footage right. from the Chase ATMs. And when they get that footage, they are surprised and confused by what they see because it's not Sam. It's a teenage boy, like a young teenage boy wearing a baseball hat. And he's like holding a skateboard. Yeah, at the ATM. And um, so they're like, what do we, how do we find this kid? What do we do? However, as I mentioned, more than once, this card was used to purchase pizza. And who loves pizza but teenage boys? And so police go, like, they trace where he got the pizza and where it was delivered. Right. And then this is an, another quote from my father-in-law, Jim. So you've heard about follow the money. How about follow the pepperoni? The police are hungry to crack this case That's wide true. Open. That was a good one. I love it. I was like, these are so good. Um, so that is how they... Assemble a SWAT team. Create like an intense SWAT team in a tiny little house in Long Beach. There's like helicopters. There's people. Yes, like full SWAT team. Because they think maybe Sam might be there and maybe he's fully armed. Right. Well, they they were always concerned that he was armed and dangerous, being former military, and um, there was a gun used to kill Julie. So they surround um, the 16-year-old pizza loving teenager's house bang on his door he opens the door he has friends over they're eating pizza (laughs) he's Um, shitting his pants (laughs) and he's he's like trying at first he's trying to be cool and then they're like literally we think you you are involved in this murder and then he says to jim my father-in-law i was shitting my pants at this point that's right that's right (laughs) and so this young 16 year old boy's name is wesley freilich and he is kind of character. He was, I yeah. was like, well, you're 16. Like you're, maybe I just don't remember what 16 year old boys were like. He is total like. character. And he's like driving um, yes. your father-in-law around. I love around. that he was driving the car. He's like, well, we came here and this is what I would do. And- yeah. And this is, so he tells police, oh, initially they bust into his mom's bedroom, right. Wesley's mom's, because the door is locked and they think Sam is holed up in there. But Sam is not in the room. His ATM card is though. Weird. Do you think Sam locked the door? Or do you think the mom was like, "Get, stay the fuck out of my room? I think she knew there was a bunch of teenage boys at her house. And she was like, I'm, yeah. quick, I'm locking but my bedroom door. But she wasn't home. She wasn't home. Yeah. And so <laughs> they find the card in this home, but they don't find Sam. So Wesley, they're like, you're in fucking trouble, yeah. dude. So tell us, like, where is Sam? Did he tell you to do this? And Wesley's like, uh, no. And he said, my mom, Lori's good friend, that I hang out with sometimes, Dan told me to get the money. And Dan, if you'll remember, is the downstairs neighbor right. who was getting married, who the wedding invitation was on the kitchen counter. And so Wesley tells police that Dan told him that Sam owed him money. He had, like, had fake documents or, or not, sorry, blowing the, I just blew the lead there a little bit. But he had documents <laughs> that he showed the kid saying like what he was doing was legal, that he had the right a right to this money. But he also told him that he needed to wear like a baseball cap and sunglasses when he went to the ATM. Yeah. He was very nervous and fidgety after the first visit because 
surprise, surprise, Wesley at 16 had never used an ATM before. So he was kind of struggling with it. And he seemed like Dan seemed very nervous. He's like, what took you so long? Yeah. And so now police are like, huh, okay, we got to talk to this Dan Wozniak guy. And they give him a call. That's right. But he, they give him a call, and he t- is this when he tells him he, that he's busy? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm busy. I'm getting married tomorrow, and I'm having my bachelor party tonight, so sorry. And just co- Yeah, and the cops are like, um... That's not how this works. That's <laughs> not how this works. And so my favorite is, they just go and bust up his bachelor yeah. party and arrest him on, right. like, suspicion of at least identity theft or card, you know. Right. So, uh, or like, the, yeah, like the leader of an ATM debit scheme. Yeah. So he is arrested at his bachelor party, which just makes me giggle. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it makes me giggle. I just think of like what men are doing during a bachelor party and then, you know, they were at a, They were at a sushi place. Oh, I don't know. But they, sushi and sake bombs. And they talk about how his face just, all the color went drained out when he saw the cops. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. So... They bring him in, and the first thing he says is, I'm I'm tired of covering for Sam. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> and then, holy shit. Yeah, it's intense. But in the documentaries, or, you know, in mm-hmm. the 2020 episode, this is where they start talking about Daniel Wozniak and his um, community theater experience. Yes. He is a local community theater celebrity. Yeah. It's like, like the Orange County crowd uh-huh. loved him. Well, and it is, I find it hysterical because I, we both did community theater, but I think, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Um, and it's funny to me because one of the, I think his fellow act, a fellow actor or maybe a director was like, I mean, he was a fine actor for Orange County, you know, mm-hmm. they were, they, and then one, and then another girl was like, he was a, he had charisma on stage. And he, had a, he was a wonderful oh, actor. And his voice just boomed and all these things. So it's like the funny you know, it's, I find it's like that small pond mentality where you're big fish. And so he was like a big fish and he was like this, like, and the small, yeah. and he was a big guy with a nice baritone he voice. Did. He had a good voice. At the time, all of this is happening. He and his soon to be wife right. were both starring in the um, Orange County production of Nine, right, the musical amazing. Nine, which is about a film director going through like a, a midlife crisis, can't can't finish his script, having problems with his wife, and starts, like, hallucinating all of his past relationships with women. It's actually a pretty fun musical. That's true. And there's a movie. Yeah, there is. Who's in it? It's, um... The cobbler, the guy who makes shoes when he's Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, Sorry, that's right. That yeah. was interesting. That was a good one. Um, I also because they show clips of him mm-hmm. and his singing is nice, but his this is such I think a community theater, theater thing when people over articulate. Oh, like yes. they're really they're really speaking their mind. I am here today, sir. I think you know it's like yeah. What are you it is, doing? It is it is a community theater production. Yeah, and while, was, I call it schmacting. Yeah, schmacting. And his <laughs> um, fiance is right up there with him, schmacking her ass off. Yeah. Um, she's like a really cute little like blonde, obvious ingenue type. Her name yep. is Rachel Buffett. Yes. And the the two of them are about to be married um, yeah. and like right after nine closes is like the lead up to their wedding. So I'm like, you guys are really in it. You're really in I it. Know. You're like, we'll wait until after the production closes to get married and go on our honeymoon. Yeah. But unbeknownst to Rachel, her superstar, amazing actor, fiance, mm-hmm. in the daytime hours, 
He has lost his job and is really struggling financially. Both of them are unemployed at this point. Yeah. And, but she doesn't know how bad it is. And he's like about to get evicted from his apartment and he can't actually afford their wedding or their honeymoon that they're supposed to be having. Yeah. That's, that's literally happening. So this guy is like thinking, I'm such a big dog here. I, I don't want to work. They did, they did, the police did say that he kind of was a little bit, of didn't want to didn't want to work hard for anything wanted it to become easy wanted it to come right. easy and was like clearly you know just thought he was going to make it as an actor uh, because yeah. he was a big star in, in the, the Orange County Community Theater Theater. Playhouse. So speaking of acting, um, his interrogation is all videotaped as oh. they are. Yeah, it good. is bananas, you yeah. guys. So he takes the police. Through the first version of what happened, which is that um, the morning after Julie was killed, Sam knocked on his door and confessed to him what he had done and that he helped Sam leave town. But that's it. Okay. Right. And the cops, I'm, at this point, they don't believe a damn thing this guy uh-uh, is saying. Uh-uh. Also, if you help someone leave, that's an... Uh, yes, know, but it's, as we'll explain as we get further into this, it's not the same. Excuse me, that was I just like burped fully into this <laughs> while I'm talking. I'm drinking tea, and I just went for it. Um, uh, accessory after the fact doesn't carry a super long sentence. We learn that later on. Yeah. So that's the first version. Then police are like, "Okay, well, where did he go? Where is he?" And he's like, "I don't know. I don't." No, yeah. like scre- like just being ridiculous. I mean, so they're like, okay, well, we, you know, we're gonna need to take a, a sample of your DNA. So he allows them to do this, but then I mean, he's like, oh, just so you know, I was like in Sam's apartment a lot. We were really good friends. So if you find my DNA, you know, in his apartment, and then the cops, you know, you're allowed to lie. The cops are in interrogations, oh, yeah. like as a tactic. So then they tell him that they found his DNA on her body, and to explain that, he tells them, well, I had gone. He brought me into the apartment after he confessed to me, and I, I, I stood over her body, so it must have like gotten on her that way. And they're like, DNA doesn't just fall off, right? Even though I'm pretty sure sometimes it does if it's like hair or something or, or sweat. I don't know. Um, so then, like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want me to say? That I saw the fucking body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're like, no, we just want you to tell us the truth. But even without prompting, even before when he he tells he tells that's that he tells the police that. He knew that Sam shot someone. He's like, what are you? Okay, fine. I'll tell you now. Before yeah. before it was the ATM scam. And then he was, I couldn't even figure out what the hell they were talking about with I the mean, ATM scam. I'm like, what? Anyways. Well, I think that's how they were able to get him like arrested immediately. So right, right. as he's saying like, I saw the, okay, fine. I saw the body. Is that what you want me to tell you? Meanwhile, they still think Sam is. Yeah, they still don't, they don't they have no idea know. where yeah. he is. And so then, <sighs> Poor Dan Wozniak here. He's he's an actor without a script and mm. shits going off the rails. He's forgotten his lines. He's forgotten the plot. And he's talking to the cops and screaming and hollering and crying and laughing. And he's literally, the cops are barely asking him any questions. He's just, ta- he's performing. Yeah. And he mentions that he saw the body and they say, well, what did you see? And she's, I saw her on the bed and she had been shot twice in the head. Oh, that's right. And so... That's when he shot himself in the foot. That's true. Because Because police know, based on what they saw when they entered the room, that there is no way to have seen the second gunshot wound. Like there was an apparent single gunshot wound, but the other one, 
the only way he would have known it was twice is if he was there when she died. Like, either did it himself or heard the two shots. Yeah. So now he's like, oh, man, I need to make a phone call. Right. Well, this is, but is, did he already say, like, Sam threatened me? Yes. Well, yeah. that's like his whole thing is like, why would you help him? How did any of this happen? He's like, because he said he was going to kill me. Yeah. You know? It was just the where it went from just like the ATM scheme to him threatening him. And then he said he dropped Sam off at the mall. And I just yeah. wrote dumbass. He admits he lied to the police. You want, what do you want me to say? I lied to you? Okay, I lied. I'm, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Anyways. And I lied to that kid. I told him it was totally legal to take that money from the account. So after they basically catch him in this lie that says, you had to have been in the room when she was shot to know that she had been t- shot twice. He's like, I would like to make a phone call. And so they're like, well, you get one. And does he call a lawyer like a smart person? No, he calls his fiance, Rachel, who's like, what the fuck did he fuck? We're supposed to be getting married in two days and I fucking hate you. Yeah. That's what she sounds like. That's not what she says. <laughs> but she basically tells him, um, I can't be having this conversation with you because I need to call the police because Tim, is that her brother or his brother? It's his brother. So his brother has a backpack full of evidence and I saw it and I can't keep that from the police. And he's like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's all on tape. And she's like, you know, they're recording this. And she's like, and I can't look like I am not helping them when I know something. And he's like, please, baby, please, baby, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And she's like, no, I'm doing it. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. I just want to know what world this guy was living in. He was for sure a sociopath, Mm -hmm. like a narcissistic. Totally crazy. So after he realizes that his fiance is not going to cover for him, because one of like part of his alibi is like, we had a show that night, which is true. But then afterwards, they went out to celebrate and they had sex and they had a romantic evening. So she was basically like, I was with my cast and my fiance. Right. And now she's she's like, no, I saw the bag of evidence and I'm going to tell the cops about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, I would like to talk to the detectives again, please. <laughs> this guy really likes to talk. Yeah. And now, as my father-in-law puts it, we enter the final act. Yeah. Oh, I missed my favorite line. Sorry. So as he is like going on and on in the interrogation, you know, the cops finally get a word in and they're like, you're not that good of an actor. <laughs> and then my father-in-law voiceover comes in. And he's like, zing. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I'm obsessed with these, with these comments. So he says he wants to talk to cops again. And this time he's, it's, he starts off by saying, I'm crazy and I did it. And they're like, did what? I killed Julie and I killed Sam. And they're like, I'm sorry, let me get my pen. Come again. Hold on. They're like, wait, what? Yeah. So you want to take this book? Well, sure. He said he killed Julie with two shots by his father's gun. Oh, no, actually. So he put, this is really, actually really sad. So apparently there was a couple community theaters in the area. And so when Sam had texted his Julie earlier was like, I'm going, I'm helping Dan, I'm helping and, Dan then and then I'm going to go to my parents. And so it, what the help was, was Dan had asked him to help him lift some things up into the attic in one of the community theaters, mm-hmm. not the one that was performing the musical nine, but another one, a couple blocks, a couple blocks away. Exactly. So he lures him upstairs into the attic and then shoots him in the head, which in the back of the head, which does not kill him immediately. And Sam is like, Oh, something's wrong. There's like been an electric shock, something. So help me, help me. Help me. And so he reloads the gun, 
Dan Daniel Wozniak reloads the gun and shoots him again. Mm-hmm. And then dismembers his body. Yeah, that's just upsetting. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. And then goes on to like perform the show. The full music, does the musical. Mm-hmm. And what police now cannot understand is why did you kill Julie? Because yeah. those text messages that were like, I'm very upset. I'm having like, I need to talk to somebody. Those were all sent from Dan Wozniak yeah. from Sam's phone to Julie. And he was luring her there. And she couldn't get into the apartment. Dan was like, oh, I have a key. Let me let you in. And they're looking around. And she's like, I'm really worried. He said that, you know, he was really upset. And he's like, well, did you see that thing in his bed? And so she goes over. Yeah. And he shoots her twice in the back of the head. And so when he's explaining that he had done that, and he had done that specifically to make it look like Sam had killed her and gone on the run. So he murdered Julie to cover up the murder that he committed of Sam. I just have no words. And he did all of this to steal Sam's Mm $62,000 that he had saved from his army pay so that he could pay for this wedding. And honeymoon. And honeymoon. And that's literally... Psychopath. That's the motive. That is the motive. It just, it makes me so sad because Julie, neither of them should have died. But like for him to be such a evil, it's just pretty evil. It's like straight up, like a psychopath. Like he truly thought that it was fine to kill two people for some cash to finance a wedding and a honeymoon. Literally, that's what it was for. That was the answer to all of his problems and how he was going to pay for this wedding and honeymoon. And he was like, you know what I'll do? I'll just kill him. And then um, I got to figure out a way to like make sure nobody thinks that he's been killed. So I'll kill his his wonderful, close, good friend who is coming to help him in his moment of crisis to make it look like he did that and went on the lamb. I think he was stupid though, because it's like, if you're going to steal money, they're going to look at the person's bank account. That's what I feel like I said to you. I'm like, if you, if he had just wanted to kill people to kill people, then he might've gotten away with this. That's true. You're right. Because cops 100% believed up until they found Wesley Freilich, who told them that it was Dan Wozniak who gave them the Chase credit card, they they had no doubt in their mind that Sam Hare had murdered Julie. No yeah. doubt in their mind. And um, because he he that was the point. And though he was a pathological liar, he even admits it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his and friends, people who knew him earlier were like he was a grifter, get rich yeah. quick schemes all over the place, always had like always was like fast talking and always asking people for money. Like Straight up just asking people asking for, friends money. for money. It would be weird if my friend, if a friend came up to me and was like, hey, I need $2,000 for my wedding or yeah. something. I'd be like, oh, shit. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, if who knows when you don't know if until the right time. But it's like strange to go to several different people and be like, can you just help pay I need for my $500. wedding? Yeah. I need da, 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 da. And it's like, um, can you get a job? And then maybe you can pay for your own wedding. It's <laughs> wild. So insane? No. There, this is what the um, criminal or the detective was saying. There's nothing wrong with Daniel Wozniak's head. It was his heart. Yeah, because he has He was been. a shitty, awful, evil person. Yes. And so as we mentioned before, that he had um, shot and dismembered Sam Hare's body in the attic of that community Ugh. theater. He had then taken Sam and um, basically like buried parts of his of his body in um the el dorado state park in long beach in like shallow graves like walked in with With, a backpack apparently and just 
So part of me is like the police would have eventually, someone would have discovered those at some yes. point, but who knows how long True. it could it would have taken. And then they would have realized that he was innocent. But yeah. part of the argument when the case was taken to trial, because for some reason he pled not guilty, even though the defense uh, called no witnesses, didn't even try to say he was innocent, but the, he pled not guilty. I guess that was... And they have footage of him admitting it. Yeah. Which happens a lot, right? Like... Sure, sure. Being an People like say, oh, I didn't mean that, you know, or yeah, they coerced that confession out of me. But basically the whole point of the trial wasn't about whether or not he was guilty. He was guilty. Right. It was kind of about how he would be punished because this was a, a capital case. That's right. So prosecutors were pushing for the death penalty and the whole point of his defense team was basically to not have him be put to death. And that's hard. And they yeah. interview several of the jury originally they, yeah. um, they're like hung it's 10 for death two against it. Mm -hmm. But then they see, um, they, they see the, the families and they watch like the, footage of Sam's, you know, funeral, which is like a full military funeral. They see, you know, the videos of Julie dancing and they realize, you know, for, for cash, these people who, these two very real people who had very real full lives and yeah. these two families that were shattered, that this guy did this literally to just finance his wedding and honeymoon. And it gives the two people that were the uh -huh. nose they they change their minds and they say that no we we can get on board with putting him to death and they even say and I can sleep at night knowing that that I was that. it one of the guys you could tell was the one one of the people who were against it but he even he got a little trembly and upset when he was talking about how he changed his vote but he was just like and I'll be able to, I I stand behind my decision I will be able to but sleep he was at night. you know he's like I just couldn't see myself being responsible for killing a person but after hearing that testimonies yeah. from the family, mm -hmm. it's like he he was like, I it was the only thing I could do. Yeah. It makes me sad because and so I say he, that a lot in this, but I just I also just don't understand. Also, I'm still I still can't get over the fact that you like cut a person up into pieces. Right. Like, like it's horrible enough to hard shoot to do. someone. Yeah. It's like And then like think about what a, a sociopath he is because he does that and then he goes and he performs in front of an audience. And goes to a cast party. Right. And there's a video of him. Like, he's the, the star of the party. They're all singing karaoke and telling jokes. And he is, it's like nothing happened. Yeah. Just a psychopath. And he don't, I don't think he had any empathy at all or any, he didn't feel anything. All the, yeah. He just felt bad that he got caught. And he was, that's the only time he ever seemed upset. Totally, totally, totally. It was when his fiance was like, I'm not going to save you. Yeah. I'm not going to lie for you or cover this up. Also, this is all on tape, you douche. Yeah. He was surprised that he was going to stay there the night. He's like, wait, what? I'm staying yeah. at the you know jail? Mm -hmm. And then Julie's mom, this is what got me. She talks about how she always taught her kids. And I said this in the beginning about, you know, kindness triumphs all over evil. But she said now she's not so sure because her kindness got her killed. So I'm like. Which is God. so devastating. And Sam's parents talk about how. Just like, so when they did find Sam's body in the park and the various, you know, pieces, they, they could only identify him through a tattoo on his chest, which was a heart and a rose. And it said mom and dad, just so you know, like, I'm not going to cry, but yeah. like how much these, these families like loved each other yeah. and 
they, you know, he, he loved his mom and his dad. And then at the end of the episode, they go and visit his grave every single week. And he mm-hmm. said, it's the only, Steve, Sam's dad says it's the only place where he feels peace. Yeah. He sometimes takes like a 10 minute nap in the chair. Yeah. They bring chairs the chair. yeah. and they like, they just, they feel it's yeah. the only place where they find, they feel any peace. Yeah. So Dan will be put to death. Although I do believe he's trying to appeal that. That's not shocking. Yeah. Um, little shocking was that the fiance, Rachel Buffett, after the fact, was arrested and um, convicted of uh, accessory to murder after the fact. And she was sentenced to, um, I think it was two years, ended up, ended up serving one year. Mm. And there are a lot of people that think that she knows a lot more than just after the fact, that she was aware of his money issues. And that she knew that he had a plan to get that money. And that maybe she even knew what that plan was. Now, none of that's been proven, but... Yeah, she maintains that he, she was a victim of mm-hmm. Daniel Wozniak's, you know... Just... Yeah. She didn't sound terribly victimized or even all that upset that yeah. two days before their wedding, her husband was being arrested for murder. Yeah. Like, I love she was like, no, babe, you just sound like an even bigger ass now that you're trying to lie. Like, that was like the tone of her... I mean, can you imagine if... No. Adam, two days before your wedding, was arrested for murder and then like begging you to lie for him. And I would be like, I mean, I would be. I've made all the wrong choices. You know, exactly. I would be devastated. Yeah. And she just sounds really annoyed. It's true. It's so true. I don't know if I believe she was a victim. Friends, I mean, who knows? Maybe she was just one of those people who had like resting bitch face. But friends of Daniel's was like, she was always, she was rude. She just was always rude. I'm like, oh, okay. People did not she like was, this girl. She was an actress. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, well, one, I just, this one really hurts because those, uh, just, just the reason, there's no reason. There's never reason to murder anyone. No. You know, unless it's like your life depends on it. And literally, like they're going to kill you. Right. Then you can kill them. Right. I do think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but otherwise, defense. you know, like self-defense is one thing, but to kill somebody for the most selfish of things, which is just money. No. It's so disgusting. But what I think did make this the most rom crimey rom crime is that the motive for that money was to pay for the dream wedding and honeymoon of Miss Rachel Buffett. So I guess yeah. it's a crime that was committed in the name of romance, although I don't even know how much he could have really loved her, knowing right. that he lacks the ability to feel anything. But that is why we originally yeah. wanted rom-crime. to cover this case. And thank you. For all of your zings, Jim. Yes. Throughout the episode, it like really just brought me so much joy. It really was a very entertaining. Uh, yeah, they did a good job of like. Yeah. Oh, Sam definitely did it. You yeah. know, and like, oh, the sixteen-year-old kid somehow got roped into this right. thing that Sam did, and it and it wasn't Sam at all, but it was a plan by somebody who's familiar with plots and plot twists mm. who thought he'd figured out the perfect thing. Yes, it had the Shakespearean ups and downs mm-hmm. and all these things. But yes, he's in jail and probably going to be killed. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Mo- well, he's on death row. I guess on we'll see. I mean, who knows? But he will definitely never Quentin. get out of in San Quentin. Yeah, he will definitely never get out of prison if he, for some reason, is able to get the death sentence commuted or overturned. I'm sure he's just like, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> like, just No, I'm sure he's like the star of all of the productions of musicals that they do in the men's prison. That could be. And then also the star of 
other things. I'm not going to go with that. Ah. It's just about to go somewhere really, really <laughs> inappropriate. Oh my God. You to guys. To bring it full circle. That's right. Full circle. But also this is full circle. 50 episodes. Yeah. 50. We did it. We are plugging along and yes. cannot wait to share with you our next season season two which will premiere in october that's right and in the meantime yeah re-listen tell your friends yeah. to have a listen so you can chit chat about them um yeah. we love you guys so much and we appreciate your support yep more than we can put into words that's right well we'll see you guys later yeah. no we'll no. talk to you later we'll chat with you later <laughs> bye, bye. Mm-hmm.